Welcome to the Real Talk with Real Women podcast, where we take an honest look at the lies we believe as women and how the truth of the gospel can set us free. Hey ladies, welcome to the first ever episode of the Real Talk with Real Women podcast. This is Mary speaking, and if you don't already know me, I am a part of Grace City. Uh, My husband Billy and I came out back in 2015 to help plant the church, and you may have seen me on Sunday mornings leading worship. And I'm Brooke, and I am on staff with Grace City. I moved out to San Diego a few years ago and actually started going on the first anniversary that Grace City was planted. And that's actually where I met Mary. Uh, we, met, we met over tacos. So <laughs> it's, it's our the anniversary. It is our friend anniversary. So a lot to celebrate on that day. Um, and so we wanted to have you guys get to know us a little bit. Um, I know that a lot of times we're on stage, but we want to be really tangible to you. Um, so with one of those uh, ways you can do that, I want to know, Mary, what's one interesting fact about you? I love interesting facts. And one interesting fact about me is that I have two different colored eyes, which is something that's called heterochromia, if you want to get scientific with it. Um, But yeah, one of my eyes is a bluish and one is kind of like a brownish hazel. My mom has green eyes, my dad has blue, and I just kind of got a mixture. You know, I like kind of noticed that when I was first starting to get to know you, but I didn't want to (laughs) ask. Some people will say, oh my gosh, did you know that you have two different colored eyes? And I just find that to be so funny because, yes, I, I do. I do know that. You should, like, say, like, no, I had no idea. <laughs> Thank you for Run telling me. grab a mirror. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Brooke, what is an interesting fact about you? Well, for going with the body theme, I actually had an extra tooth as a kid. <laughs> Yeah, it was, I came home from kindergarten one day and my whole face was swollen. (laughs) And so I went into immediate surgery to get that tooth out. And I think I still have it, actually. What? Yeah, like. It wasn't one of your baby teeth? It was just going to come out? No, it was extra. It was like in the roof, coming through the roof of my mouth. (gasps) Wow. It was crazy. Yeah, I'm blessed. What can I say? Yeah. Well, we, we want to just share with you guys just fun things like that throughout the this podcast. So um, look forward to more interesting facts. We have a lot of them. <laughs> um, so one of the, the things that I oversee at Grace City is women's ministry. Um, my overall title, I, I look at community and outreach. And women's ministry is part of community. It's a really important part of community. And so at the beginning of this year, I was kind of thinking, like, how can we take our community to a deeper level with the women of our church? Um, Because I don't know how how you guys feel, but I think it's really easy to come into church with, like, your walls up and, like, put on a pretty face. And, you know, if someone asks how you're doing, you're like, oh, it's good, it's good. And you're, like, secretly, like, falling apart. Um, And so we wanted to kind of just take away that stigma of, like, you don't have to have it all together. Um, But we also understand that, you might not want to like fall apart when you come into church, but let's create a space where it's okay to like do that and to have those hard conversations where you're like, this is really what I'm going through. Um, because when we do that, I think we start to realize we're not alone. Um, and, and so really this whole concept of Real Talk, which Real Talk is a monthly gathering we've been doing with women, um, going through the book Lies Women Believe and the Truth That Sets Them Free. Um, and I really that started as I brought up this topic with my small group, um, we, we have a, a women's prayer time at the end of our small group. And so I was just sharing like, hey guys, like what do you think about this idea? 
And they were all like, yes. <laughs> and I remember Mary, actually, she, she was the one who came up with this, the title, Real Talk. Um, so uh, Mary, do you want to kind of share like what the vision is of Real Talk and the podcast and all that? Yeah, so Real Talk um, is exactly that. We want it to be um, a space where women feel like they can be real, they can be vulnerable. And I know I can speak for myself that some of the most formative times of my personal faith and my walk with Jesus have been times where I am being real with other women and, and we're having that freedom to just talk about what we're going through without fear of judgment or fear of rejection. Um, and so that's just such an amazing aspect of the body of Christ that we really want all of the women of Grace City and First Baptist to be a part of. And so, you know, like Brooke said, we've been having our monthly gatherings of Real Talk and this podcast, you know, hopefully will serve as just a continuation of those conversations, um, especially during quarantine and during this time of isolation, we really need connection with each other and connection with other women. And so we are just hoping that this podcast um, encourages you to dive deeper into some of the things that we talk about during the monthly gatherings um, and that we can really find that community of freedom with each other. Yeah, that's so good. And really that topic of freedom is what the whole goal is. Um, so with the content we've been going through, um, it's called Lies Women Believe in the Truth That Sets Them Free. So that's the goal is freedom. Um, and so I wanted to kind of share just like a little bit of what the overarching um, process is of experiencing freedom. So in the book, she talks about how when we, when we first start to listen to a lie, um, that is when this whole process starts of becoming in bondage. And we, we know that Satan is the father of lies. So she, she kind of goes through the story of Adam and Eve or I guess specifically Eve, um, which Mary's going to, I think, talk about a little bit down the road. But she, she looks at Eve, and if we use her as a model, at first Eve listens to a lie, and then she starts to dwell on it, and then she believes it, and then she acts on it. And so that's really the same process that we all go through when we find ourselves in this situation of bondage, uh, where we've it's all started with a lie. And so we really want to identify what those areas of spiritual bondage are for us or what that spiritual um, or whatever that behavior is that we find ourselves stuck in. And then we want to identify the lie at the root of that bondage or sin pattern. Um, and then we want to replace those lies with the truth. And so really, I think, you know, this is a quote from the book. It says, we need to learn to discern those lies when we encounter them to replace lies with the truth and then to help others to do the same. And I think that's what this podcast, that's what Real Talk is all about, is helping each other do that, because that's a really hard process to do. Uh, lies are so sneaky, they get in your head, and you don't even realize they're there, and you don't even realize how they're affecting your behavior. So that's what this is hopefully going to help um, as a supplement to those real-time conversations that we're having with our, our friends at church. Yeah, and so, you know, jumping in at this point, we've had two um, well, we've gone through two of the uh, later chapters in the book where one, it's chapter two, but it's the first lie, and that is lies women believe about God. And then chapter three that we've gone through is called lies women believe about ourselves. And so both of those are, I think, at the forefront of this book for a reason. I think that the first one lies about God is probably 
the most important because it really sets the scene for all the rest of them. Um, and something that struck me when I was reading the book is, you know, we talk about this idea of believing lies and being in bondage. When we're going through our day-to-day -day life, we may not think that that's happening. You know, we may not consciously think about, this is a lie I'm believing about God. Or, um, you know, if you hear some of the lies listed in the book, which actually I'll just go ahead and read the list from the lies about God chapter. The ones that are listed are God is not really good. God doesn't love me. God is just like my father. God is not really enough. God's ways are too restrictive and God should fix my problems. And all of those can sound really relatable while at the same time being like, well, I don't on a daily basis believe God's not really good. I don't consciously believe that lie. But do I live my life in a way that says I do believe that lie? You know, in other words, in my friendships, in my relationships, when I'm going through a difficult time, my priorities, all of those things, do those reflect the truth about God and that he is good? Or do they reflect the lie that God is not really good? And I think that that was so convicting to me because when you slow down and think about what is my life saying? Um, is it saying that I believe that God is not really good and that he doesn't really love me? And just like Brooke was saying, um, the book really focuses in on that first initial lie in the garden. And at that time, you know, the serpent tempted Eve saying, you know, did God really say you can't eat from the fruit of the garden? And then later saying, you won't surely die. Just planting these really small doubts in Eve's mind and basically telling her, you know, or making her think that God is holding out on her, that he doesn't really want what's best for her, that he doesn't really love her. And, you know, and she, she believes that. And I think that something that's so interesting about Eve in the garden, when she's looking at this fruit, the scriptures tell us that the fruit was desirable to the eyes and it was good for food. So on the surface looks pretty harmless, looks pretty good. It looks like something that Eve would want, or if we're equating this to something in our lives, something that we feel like is good, but that God has prohibited that from us. And, you know, why wouldn't God want me to have something that looks good and is good for food? Um, and, you know, the problem here is that that puts us in the position of assuming what's right and wrong, what's good and evil. We kind of put ourselves in the position of God in that scenario and think, you know, if there's this thing that I think is good and that I think I should have and God disagrees with that or he tells us in his word that that's not the case, we instantly think that's a flaw with God, not a flaw with our own thinking. And that's such a dangerous space to get to. Um, but all of that to say, we, we unconsciously believe all these lies about God and sometimes consciously too. If we've had different life experiences that have made us believe that God doesn't love me or else why would all these things have happened in my life? Um, and so it was really interesting, you know, just having those monthly gatherings where we talked about the lies about God. Um, and I think that, you know, it, it, we took a note here of the most attended um, group on that night was the lie saying God should fix my problems. So Brooke, I don't know if you have anything to speak into this particular lie or any of the other lies about God um, and why that maybe resonated with you. Yeah. And 
I was so surprised by how many of these lies I actually resonated with because I grew up in the church. Like I wouldn't have necessarily said, oh yeah, I believe, I don't really believe God loves me or I don't believe God is good. I wouldn't have immediately said that. But when you really start to evaluate what you're saying, your behaviors and your patterns of thinking, it's like, whoa, there are some th- there's some work I need to do. There's some truth I need to tell myself here. Um, so with the God, God should fix my problems one, I think I realized with that how entitled I felt um, to a happy life, to a problem-free life, honestly, um, because I think recently I've, the world has been going through a lot. I've been going through a lot personally, and um, it's it's been really hard to not feel like I didn't deserve this. God, like, take care of it, um, and I think that really resonated with me to realize, like, I felt entitled that I deserved better, or I deserved that God should fix it, that that maybe, and I, I really saw through this that, like, maybe God's actually trying to work on my heart, because it's so easy for me to, when something goes wrong, to immediately look outward and see where I can cast the blame. Um, sometimes that's God, sometimes that's other people, but with this lie, when we started talking about it, I was like, oh shoot, I need to like look in the mirror and, and look at myself and see what does God want to refine in my heart that isn't where it needs to be? Uh, what does he want to sanctify? And so I think that's kind of what I, I took away from that lie specifically is that sometimes God makes you wait and sometimes God makes you go through hard stuff because there's sin in your own heart that he wants to deal with. Um, and so that was really, um, I think humbling for me to realize that because at first glance, I wouldn't have said, yeah, God should fix all my problems. But when I really started to think about it, I was like, oh, hmm, I have believed that lie. (laughs) And yeah. Is there anything from you, from you, Mary, that really stuck out with you? Um, I think that, you know, the lie of God doesn't love me kind of stood out to me. Same thing, Brooke. I wouldn't, consciously necessarily say oh I just don't think God loves me but when I think about again how I live my life a lot of times I am trying to earn his approval and trying to earn you know good standing with God that I feel like okay if I am consistently serving at church if I'm doing things for other people if I'm being kind all around and you know giving to the right places and all of these things then on those days on my days where like I've got it together that's when God loves me and that's where I can feel okay with myself because I know that like I did all the right things (laughs) Um, and not really consciously realizing on my worst ever days on my days where I am just messing up left and right you know snapping at people being short Um, being so selfish, all these things, like, even on those days, God loves me exactly the same, because it's not on my earning. It's not based on the things that I'm doing for him. Um, And so I think that that's another one that's just gives hopefully the listeners an example, too, of how maybe you don't think about believing this lie, but you, you do when you really examine yourself. Yeah. And what you were saying earlier about how our view of God affects our view of ourselves, I think is so, it's so true, um, because I think in my own heart, with the, the lies about ourselves, um, I'm going to just read them out, and then I'm going to kind of share a little bit about it. But this is the third chapter of the book. 
So the lies we tend to believe about ourselves are that I'm not worth anything. I need to love myself more. I can't help the way I am. I have my rights. Physical beauty matters more than inner beauty. And I should not have to live with unfulfilled longings. So um, I think we can probably all identify probably maybe more easily with some of these than the lies about God because um, as a society, there's just so much pressure on women to, you know, have it all together. But um, when I started thinking about this, I realized that, so one of the ones I identified with was I'm not worth anything. And that was very circumstantial. I was realizing that the circumstances in my life were not telling me that I was approved by others. And that is what I let dictate how I viewed my worth, is what other people were were thinking of me, how people were approving me of me or not, which, uh, it, yeah, it felt like they weren't. <laughs> um, and so I think I realized, like, I'm looking to other people to define my worth. And that shows me in my heart that I don't really believe God loves me or that he's enough. And so I, I'm seeing this connection here of what I Do I really believe God loves me? Because if I did, I wouldn't look to others to define that worth of myself. Um, I would be content and firm in God's love for me and my worth because of that. Um, So there is such an interconnectedness here. Um, And the what, so I wanted to kind of dive in to the one that was most attended by the women. This was so interesting to me because we're signing up for the different topics with Real Talk. So I see how many people sign up for different, which topic. And um, the the topic that was most attended was I need to love myself more. And I, the day before Real Talk, I was listening to this podcast that referred to an article. Both were really good. Um, so, but the article was called Women in Security and the Self-Help Gospel. Um, it's written by Sharon Hod Miller. And I just took a quick read of it and I was like whoa this is like bomb stuff because <laughs> she she's talking about how in our culture we think like we have to you know I have to love myself more I have to do all these things that are going to make me feel better about myself but re- reality is that we love ourselves so much that we have this self-preoccupation problem and that's unhealthy And so she goes into why that's unhealthy and how we need to treat that because it's different than a self-worth problem where self-worth is a product of pain and wounds from maybe your past, from relationships that have maybe been abusive or whatever. Um, But the self-preoccupation is a product of pride where whether you have an inflated view of yourself or a very deflated view of yourself it's all um, surrounded by your, it's centered on you. (laughs) And so she wants us to shift our focus off of ourselves because ultimately, like, we're not going to be our own saviors. Uh, Only Jesus can be our savior. And so um, what I want to read it, just a quote from her that I thought was really good. She said, we are constantly looking out for ourselves, keenly sensitive to our own feelings and needs, always conscious of how things and people affect us. More often than not, the reason we get hurt so easily is not that we hate ourselves, but that we love ourselves. We want to be accepted, cherished, and treated well. Truth be told, we care deeply about ourselves. For most of us, our need is not to learn to love ourselves more, but to learn to deny ourselves so that we can do that which does not come naturally. 
to love God and others selflessly. Our most common malady is not having a low view of ourselves, but having a low view of God. Our problem isn't so much a poor self-image as it is a poor God image. Dang. Right? That's some real talk, Brooke. That is real talk. (laughs) Um, And I was so convicted by that, honestly, because I have consciously had to tell myself, especially in this season of quarantine, that people's worlds don't revolve around me. (laughs) And it seems so simple, right? But I have found that I'm so, I tend towards that thought that like, everyone should always be prioritizing me and their thoughts. They should be thinking about what my needs are. They should be reaching out, you know, Um, but that's really not true. And that's, that's a me-centered gospel. That's not a God-centered gospel. And so when I, I've had to be challenged to zoom out and be like, okay, um, if I really believe God is enough, then I'm going to be satisfied. I'm not going to put that pressure on other people to constantly be thinking about me and reaching out to me. Um, but I can realize I have everything I need in God, and that's going to free me up to think about others and to actually live out this life that God's called me to. Um, so that has been a really freeing thing for me, honestly. And then in that also it has helped me have a stronger sense of my self-worth. Yeah, I think that, you know, when thinking about that lie of I need to love myself more, um, I think that, let's be real, ladies, we do a lot of things. And we do a lot of things for other people. (laughs) And that's a beautiful thing about us a lot of times. Um, I know for me, sometimes I will have, you know, a really long day at work. Um, I'm also currently in grad school and coming home and having to figure out, okay, dinner for my husband and our laundry and cleaning and like all these things. I don't even have children yet, but I know that's (laughs) a whole other world. (laughs) Oh, I don't even want to think about that. (laughs) I mean, there is just a lot, ladies, that we balance and a lot where we feel like, you know, I'm just constantly doing things. I'm, I'm just constantly moving. I'm constantly doing things for other people. And especially, I think, for the moms that I know, that's true. Like, you're constantly, every need that you're feeling is for someone else. And when we look at that from the world standpoint, it's so easy to be like, gosh, I just need to love myself. I need to serve myself more because I'm just tired and I'm stressed. And so I need to take some me time. And I'm not advocating advocating against me time. I think that that is fine. And we do have to take care of our, our health, our mental health as well. Um, but I think that that's where we can fall into this lie. And I know for me, that lie quickly turns into complaining and grumbling and just feeling so like bitter and I'll snap at my husband, <laughs> you know, and that's because that's not because I'm not loving myself enough. I think exactly what you're saying, Brooke, I'm loving myself just way too much. I'm just thinking way too much about myself in that moment and not, you know, focusing on, um, on the Lord and on these things that one are just part of life, (laughs) but then also how can I find the gospel in this? How can I not Mm. feel like I'm just depending on me, me, me all the time. And so I deserve this. It produces such an entitled mindset, like what you were saying, Um, So that's really where I feel like I get convicted with that when I think about this me-centered gospel. It's like, you know, I'm just constantly thinking about how things are affecting me and therefore what I deserve. (laughs) 
Right. Yeah. And it comes back to that other lie we were believing about God, that God should fix my problems. Yeah. Because like what you were saying, like there's some very legitimate busyness uh, that we all have, especially moms. I was like, when you were saying that, I was like, man, props to moms. Props to moms. I'm terrified of being a mom because you guys do so much. <laughs> Brooke and I are talking about getting sourdough started. <laughs> Like to make sourdough bread, and we're scared of the commitment of raising and feeding a sourdough starter. Okay, it is a commitment. Let me just all right, beef brief pause, a beef <laughs> pause. <laughs> okay, so my friend, you know who you are. You dropped off a sourdough starter on my porch, and it was just a <laughs> cup with yeast and flour and water, whatever's in that, and there was no instructions. And I opened my door, and there's this cup, and I was like. It felt like someone had left a newborn baby on my porch, and they gave me no instructions, no training. I didn't ask for this. It's in <laughs> but, now, but now I have to keep it alive. I have to feed it, and then, well, eventually I'm going to bake it and eat it. So that's where the, the analogy breaks down. <laughs> <laughs> just saying, even that is a, you know, intimidating commitment to us. So yeah. we digress, but shout out to you moms who actually have to feed and keep alive humans yes bravo um but yeah coming back to the 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 main point um but with that I loved Mary what you said about how what does how can I see the gospel in this moment like if you are just like overwhelmed with other people's needs um I think that's kind of like where God can meet you is when you're in this point of desperation and you're like I can't do it I am at the end of my rope um God, I need you to give me your strength and change my heart and help me depend on you. And so that's kind of, you know, that that brings both our, our view of God and our view of ourselves and how we are supposed to relate together uh, kind of into view there. Um, so I think another thing that is challenging for me, um, and this is something I want all the women who are listening to this, or men, eh, there might be men listening to this. Um, I hope there are, actually. Um, but... This brings us to our heart checkpoint, where I want you to think about how do you approach your prayer life? How do you approach reading scripture? How do you approach singing worship songs? Is that centered on you? Or is that centered on God? Um, Because I think I've recently realized how much my prayers are completely focused on myself. And even when I'm reading through a passage of scripture, I'm looking for what I can learn about myself in there. And I think a lot of worship songs, too. Thankfully, I think Grace City does a good job about not singing songs that are so focused on ourselves um, and just, like, making ourselves feel better. Um, But, yeah, like, what words are you singing repeatedly and calling it worship? Are you worshiping yourself or are you you singing about God and to God? Um, And so that's the heart check. Think about, you know, what is your approach? Is it me-centered or is it God-centered? Because when it's me-centered, you're going to miss out on so much. And think your circumstances are going to feel overwhelming to you. And you're going to feel inadequate. You're going to believe literally all of these lies. But if you approach those things as God-centered and has a right perspective, it's going gonna, it's gonna to open the door for him to do an incredible work in your own life. And it's going to lift burdens off of your shoulders. Um, because when we, when we have ourselves at the center, that's that's a recipe for failure. But when we have Christ at the center, that's a recipe for success in our life. And so uh, that's our challenge 
really, really think about what is your approach to prayer, reading scripture, and worship. Yeah, and I think that along with that challenge of the heart check, we also want to encourage you guys to um, find a fighter verse. Find, you know, a verse in scripture that can address some of these lies that maybe are resonating with you and, and can replace those with a truth. I mean, his word is full of truth um, about himself and who he is and also about how he views us. And I think that, you know, I totally agree with you, Brooke, that there's been so many times since being a Christian that I've opened the Bible just to find like, okay, I need something to like fill this need in me. I need something to make me feel good about myself. And honestly, if you're going to the Bible to feel good about yourself, it's probably not going to happen because it's going to show us the truth about, you know, how much we're sinners. And that, you know, obviously doesn't mean that we are without value or that we're worthless, but we're going to find in God's word that perfect paradigm of that we are sinners. We can't do good things on our own. We can't have a relationship with God on our own, but he also values us so much that he made such an incredible sacrifice. And so um, one fighter verse that I found, and it's also in the Lies Women Believe book, it is Romans 5, 8, and it just says, but God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And I think that that verse, um, it's just short enough to where I feel like I can memorize it. You know, we're, we're saying start small, you know, find a verse that you feel like you can commit to your memory, that you feel like you can write on, you know, an index card or something where you're going to see it. And you can remember, you know, when I'm tempted to fall into um, trying to earn God's approval and trying to be good enough for him, I can see, you know what, while I was still a sinner, Christ died for me. When I was, when I hadn't even recognized my need for him, Christ died for me. And those things can kind of pull me out of both the pit of not feeling good enough and the pit of arrogance and pride. <laughs> oh, so good. Yeah, and I wanted to share a verse that I have as a fighter verse too. It's Galatians 2.20. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And for me, that's a good recentering verse um, saying it's no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me. And I think that is so helpful when I, I'm tempted to be self-preoccupied, to, to bring it back to Jesus and be like, my life is about Jesus. I have to keep that in mind. Um, and this scripture is helpful to remind me of that. Um, and so I think these, these fighter verses are so, so important because like we said at the beginning, lies are so subtle and they can sound like truth. So it's so important to know the truth for what it really says in God's word. Um, so find a fighter verse that is helpful for you when you find yourself tempted to believe the lies um, maybe that we've listed here or that you're tempted to just believe um, individually. Um, and so we encourage you to do that. And one activity you can do that um, we're just going to leave you with this challenge is to get a piece of paper, write out all the things that are going through your head um, and, and really just like be honest. Like, are you thinking, hey, I feel chubby. Actually, last night, that's what I told Ethan at dinner. I was like, I'm feeling chubby. Quarantine 15 is getting to me, it feels like. Um, it is real. And I know that I'm not the only one feeling that. And so, you know, write out everything you're feeling, everything you're thinking on one side of the paper and then flip it over and then write out what you know the voice of Jesus to sound like. 
And then I want you to compare those lists and see it's going to be really helpful to identify like what the lies are that you're believing because they're not going to sound like the voice of Jesus. Um, so we encourage you to do that. Um, it's going to be a helpful starting point, especially as we continue the conversation about different areas of lies and bondage that we find ourselves in. Um, so we're going to be putting out a podcast once a month um, to kind of correlate with the Real Talk gatherings. So for the month of June, um, we're going to be talking about lies we believe about our sin. Um, and just with, I know it's juicy, right? <laughs> um, but honestly, like with everything going on in the world right now, that has been going on, you know, we, we have to first look inward. Um, and I think it's just a really good reminder, especially with everything we're seeing, everything we're experiencing, that we have to first turn inward and see what, what sin we can own in our lives. Because it's so easy, you know, to, to point the finger, um, to blame God, to blame others. But really, there's work that God wants to do on our own hearts. So that's really what we're going to be talking about in our next month's podcast. Um, we're really hoping that you, you join us. We are so thankful that if you've made it to the end of this podcast... Thank you for sticking with us. (laughs) Yes, you made it through. Um, So yeah, go ahead. And we encourage you if you're a lady at First Baptist or Grace City to join in the Real Talk gatherings. It's honestly a lot better, I'd say, than this podcast because it can be more of a dialogue. (laughs) But we want to hear from you. If you have any questions or things you want us to talk about, uh, you can email women at gracecitysd.com. And we're going to, we'll answer those. We'll talk through those on our next podcast. So uh, we love you ladies. We love questions. I really want people to submit questions. Yeah. Q&A. So submit your questions, submit your things that you want us to talk about or any fun icebreaker things. Brooke, if you don't know this, Brooke is the queen of icebreakers. She's so good at thinking of icebreaker questions. The queen. The queen. So if you want to know some funny things about us, if you want to know some real things, some embarrassing things, just shoot them our way. Yeah, we are open books. Real talk. With real women. That's all, folks. Thanks for listening to the Real Talk with Real Women podcast. We'll see you next month.